0: I I From the Vegas Strip, here's RJ Bell.
1: You heard it. I'm R.J. Live in Las Vegas. Live on a Tuesday. Live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. But America's pastime, missing their first games for 25 years and a disastrous missed season 25 years ago. They said, you know what? We need more of that. <laughs> Ugh. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. The fan who beats the man, he's A.J. Hoffman.
0: Thank you, R.J. Great to be here today. Major League Baseball cancels the start of the season. John Morant makes his case for MVP. And the Packers' Aaron Rodgers drama gets even stranger, if you can believe that. But you've already mentioned it. The Vegas lead is Major League Baseball.
1: Or the lack thereof. Right. I mean, listen, let's start this off with a pretty simple statement. This is, as we said, the first time in a quarter century that baseball games are being missed because of a dispute between millionaires and billionaires. And to me it's a it's a, an ego, it's an egotism, it's a audacity, it's a we don't give a f about you to the fans. Because here's what I know for sure and there's nothing we could say about this or anyone could I think that's more clear than this but more important I would make a gigantic bet that they're not going to miss the season. that The season will not be cancelled. Now why am I so sure of that? I'm not saying games, there are already games cancelled I'm saying there will be a World Series this year. Now how am I sure of that? Because in any negotiation there comes a point that this is for real and at that point in almost all cases, the parties are going to compromise until they reach a compromise, right? It's a, a, hey, I'm at 50, you're at 100, I go to 60, you go to 90, it keeps going. You know, if it's meet in the middle or some variation of that, it almost always happens. They could get there, they could have got there yesterday. Just in their minds, they had to say, hey, let's not mess with America's pastime again. We're just recovering, if we ever will, from the labor stoppage quarter century ago. Maybe let's just get there where we know we're going to get in six weeks or whatever anyway. Let's do it now. I mean, we all know if you're negotiating with your wife, your husband, even your your 18-year-old son, there's a... Yeah, sometimes you can be so off that... You can't meet in the middle. But in this case, if there's debating splitting up money and if you don't agree, there's no money to split, (laughs) you got to, you know, you got to find a way to meet in the middle. But they, this is all posturing. If anyone wants to, no, I don't solicit bets across state lines, but hypothetically, I'd be quite anxious to bet at even money that there's going to be a season. And I think no one out there wants to bet me because, you know, I'm right. Then why can't they do this now, AJ?
0: Just skip the posturing, is what you're yes. asking, because for the fans. I, I, yeah, I, I think that's that would be the prudent thing to do. But I think both sides think, and th- these sides are are very far apart right now from what I read today. Posturing. So, so both sides think that the other is going to give more before they come to an agreement. And I, I'm sure, you know, MLB canceling games, that they think that's going to make the players worry uh, and and vice versa. So, But you're right. If these games don't get played, they're arguing over imaginary money at that point.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, I don't think that they think – I mean, I do agree generally the owners in, in any sport – have felt like they've got the, as Avon Barksdale would say, let's see who has the bigger war chest. Well, I think that that uh, six weeks or two months of missed paychecks isn't going to break the players. If you're willing to miss a season, and maybe maybe they're going to shock me. Maybe they're going to shock me and miss this season. And if so, then uh, it's, it's even worse, right? But I, like I said, very confident they won't. But I'm also very confident that this isn't about missed games, okay? Because let's be candid. We'd all love if it went back to 154 instead of 162 or even less. Let's be candid because the game's got to matter. And, and and it seems like in this day and age, 162, it's hard to care about all of them. But it's the fact that the fans are uncertain it's like if you're – I don't know, AJ, have you ever, ever been in a relationship? You've been married happily for a long time. But have you ever been in a relationship prior to that that uh, the girl would be, like, like, threatening to break up with you all the time?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think everyone's been with that or most people have been with that girl or guy, you know, in reverse. But to me, what happens is if you care, right – if you're the person that's being threatened with the breakup, if you care, your emotions are getting jerked around. It's like, oh no, no, I don't want that. Okay, and oftentimes that's a technique of uh, to to win the, the negotiation and the relationship, whatever. The fans are being told right now, hey, we we might not play this year. Put your pennants away, put your gloves away. We'll tell you if we're gonna play. That to me is no matter if they settle tomorrow. The time that this drama, that this uncertainty is in the stomach of the hardest core fan. Now, a lot of people are saying, Arjun, who cares? Well, if that's the case, they've already lost. (laughs) But there are people who care. And how are they feeling right now? I mean, it's not about, oh, there's going to be four less games or eight less games or even 40 less games. It's the fans don't know for sure there's going to be games. And because what it feels like to the don't fans, care and the players don't care. Go ahead, AJ.
0: Yeah, what it feels like to the fans is the the game isn't as important to the owners and players as it is to the fans. Like they, well, they're they're, yeah. they're fighting over money, which is the last thing fans of sports want to hear that the players and owners are fighting about.
1: It's even worse than that. They're fighting over money on the margins, meaning that like the NFL when they have their disputes. The question is, is it 51% to the players, 50% to the players, or 49% to the players? And yeah, we can sit and say, well, the 1% equals X hundreds of millions of dollars. Okay, fine. And baseball's numbers are smaller. But maybe we're talking about 10%. Let's say there's 10% in dispute. Now, there's actually a number of a new concept that they're far apart on you want to hit with that first but i think generally the numbers aren't gigantic but let's talk about that one first
0: yeah the the pre-arbitration bonus pool which is set to go that's part of this negotiation set to go into effect uh the mlb increased their offer in the final proposal from 25 to 30 million dollars a year for the length of the deal the union wanted to start At 85 million and go up by 5 million each year of the pool. So they're about three times, 3X apart, which is not an insignificant amount.
1: No doubt. But in the scheme of the billions being produced, it's a small amount. All of this is that's really, because let's be candid. If that's the range right now, then what are the owners hoping for? The owners are hoping for maybe 50. I'm sure. And, and, uh, the players are hoping for maybe 65. You know, so it's like they're fighting over that middle 15.
0: Because and if the if the owners had come out and said, we'll do 50 instead of 85, and 50 is where the players planned on saying yes, then the players didn't come back and say 65.
1: Well, but that's the whole point, right? Is what ends up happening is if someone feels like if they make one concession, and this happens in politics all the time. If it's uh, on the right, if it's gun rights, on the left, if it's abortion rights, whatever it is, and these are the hotbed issues, you know, some of the most hotbed issues of the day. But oftentimes, both sides are, uh, in both cases, are adamant that there shouldn't be any. Kind of compromise because if it's a slippery slope is the concept that's used. Is and if the, they take? The, oh, good.
0: Oh, the numbers that had, that were originally put out in January, Major League Baseball, their initial offer was ten million dollars. The players initially wanted one hundred and five million dollars. Oh, well, so in all this time, they've yeah. inched just that much. They've inched from 10 X to three X, but it's still a wide gap.
1: Well, yeah, but in that case, if you look at the amount of money, they're not even what a third of the way there to meeting in the middle. Right. So it took how long? How many months? Uh, two full months. Somehow I think the pace is going to quicken. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could all get settled. But literally, this could all get settled in one day. If the parties come to the table and speak honestly. But they can't do that because that would actually help the fans. And listen, they're going to reap what they sow. But you know what? They're not going to sow or reap anything that really hurts them because they're still going to be billionaires. And they're still going to be millionaires. And the fans are still gonna have their hearts broken to whatever degree they're still fans that get their hearts broken by baseball. Well, I and there's gonna be broken, less of
0: them once it happens. I mean, you, you're you're a uh, disenchanted baseball fan.
1: I think it's more than disenchanted. I I am a. Uh, uh, You're a you former baseball fan? For, can you be an atheist from baseball? <laughs> are, are you sure? I guess so. Uh, I'm I'm more than agnostic. I'll tell you that. You're
0: much. out. <laughs> You're officially out. You were I mean, and where would you say like when you were 15, 20 years old, where were you as a baseball fan?
1: Well, I'll tell you this. You know, anyone that goes to college, anyone that goes lives on their own, initially you have a security deposit. The biggest deduction I've ever gotten from a security deposit is when I threw a barbell. It was a light one. through a wall when Sid <laughs> Bream scored against the Braves. Was that 93? You remember? Bonds I, believe,
0: the, I, yeah, I know it was early night. I don't know the exact year. But, yeah, the, the Pirates-Braves series.
1: Uh, Sid Bream on three bad knees scores from second. <laughs> and Bonds, one of the best left fielders ever, pre-PDs allegedly, chicken wings <laughs> and... And that, that was it. I had a big, let's just say it was expensive. Uh, more you know, more expensive
0: I, than the deposit.
1: To me, to me <laughs> is, you know, the Pirates had won, as we talked about yesterday in 79, but that's when I was, you know, like single digits. I was nine years old and it was like, okay, now I'm 23 at that point And it's like, isn't it time to win one? And then after that, Bonilla goes to the Mets, Bonds, and then I don't think the Pirates have ever won again, have they?
0: No, they've not. They've not been close to winning since then. So yeah, they, and they're getting further and further away. It feels. I like. think
1: they. I think one time they made the playoffs and played one game. So, <laughs> That's about right. Yeah, I mean, you know, let's celebrate. All right, last thing for me here is, let's not forget. And if you're younger, you don't remember baseball drastically suffered for the labor stoppage in 94. And all you got to do, or one of the ways to think about it, is look at the numbers of baseball versus football in the year before that, 93. So baseball had 25 million watched the World Series each game on average. Football had 90 million. So 25 versus 90. This last year, baseball went to 12 million watching the World Series on average. That's less than half. The sport has been cut in half since then, and football has increased. So it was literally about 3.5x back before the labor stoppage 25-plus years ago, and now it's, what is it, 8x, uh, 9x. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, there's a trend line here, and they they say, you know what? You know, we need, we need to replicate exactly what we did when we spent the sport spiraling down. And here's the thing you can't forget is the whole PED thing. And I was there. AJ, you were there and that you were a fan of the game. The, a lot of people speculate that the PEDs, that, that to whatever degree the officials look the other way, a lot of it was driven by, oh, look, We got Socha, we got McGuire, we got Bonds. Eventually, it's like this is this is our sins are being washed away. Everyone's gonna forget the labor stoppage. Yeah,
0: baseball's getting interesting again. This is this is that's how they brought a bunch of people back
1: and it worked for a while until it didn't, and then it's kind of ruined the game. In that, to me, one of the great things, and this is not a novel concept, one of the great things about baseball used to be the numbers mattered. 714. I mean, th- it, rattle them off. 56. Everyone knows what that is. 60, 61. Asterisk. I mean, 714. I mean, it's like those things matter. And even though we didn't know exactly maybe how many hits Ty Cobb had, but when Pete Rose was going for that record, it was every day because the numbers mattered. Tom Brady can beat the all-time passing record, and it's a distraction that Belichick tried to get an advantage from for yards. But <laughs> I mean, he didn't remember in that Tampa game. But the fact is, no one really cared. And literally baseball for,
0: people always cared.
1: I still remember as a kid when Pete Rose was going out to Ty Cobb, it was like the biggest story for two months. When Cal Ripken
0: passed Lou Gehrig, twenty one, twenty one, thirty one. Yeah, uh, I mean, he it was it was uh, the biggest news for the for that season.
1: We know I can still see the the the, the Shaw and Ripken with the. I mean, and uh, the reality is that we, as, as as McKenzie said, we talk about Wally Pip, and it's like Wally Pip. Yeah, as many of you know, Wally Pip was the guy that decided for a day off. Lou Gehrig took his position, and Lou Gehrig then played. Fifteen was, years, yeah, twenty-one, thirty, <laughs> and it's like we know the guy who was before Lou Gehrig, that numbers matter so much. But can you even tell me how, like, how many people have passed Hank Aaron? Is uh, it just Bonds?
0: I, I think it's just Bonds. Yeah.
1: How many? But how many I don't homers? know
0: that. The fact that I don't know says something right there. Well,
1: it says a lot, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, Barry Bonds. The only, he's at seven sixty-two. Aaron's at seven fifty-five. He's the only one.
1: Did you know seven sixty-two?
0: I did know seven sixty-two. I didn't.
1: How many? Who has the home? Who has the season home run record?
0: Barry Bonds, I believe seventy-three.
1: That's right. Seventy-three. yep so everyone in the history, of the, oh geez, you know what's sad about Bonds? You know what's sad about Bonds, is I think Brady Anderson has it, right?
0: No, he does not. He, not quite.
1: Well, he's the famous. What was he for Baltimore, where he never had more than like 20 home runs, and then he had like, was it like 55?
0: He Brady Anderson. That is literally what he's known for. Is the one year. Where he blew up and hit 50 home runs, but I think his his high before or before or after that was less than half of that 50.
1: 24 and 99. Yeah. <laughs> a but I'm question. sure
0: he was on the straight and narrow.
1: Well, listen, allegedly <laughs> he was just right?
0: seeing the ball really well that year.
1: I think he had LASIK, but then it, it kind of deteriorated
0: <laughs> the next year. Like Jameis, yeah, some but, weeks but, it, some weeks his LASIK works, some weeks it doesn't.
1: So for me. They, you might think, oh, the labor stoppage really not matter because of the PEDs, but look at what that's wrought, right? It, and it's horrendous. And and to me, it's sad because as you know, as a kid, baseball was my favorite sport. And I mean, that's me, that's personal. But it is America's pastime, and it's being mismanaged. Closing thoughts, Asia?
0: Yeah, I, I, I I'm with you. I agree that they get this done, but I do think that the kind of damage it's going to be done until they do get it locked in is is going to potentially be irreparable to some people because I think there are a lot more people, you know, like me and you who are on the outside looking in of being a baseball fan anymore. That this is this is doing nothing to help. That certainly.
1: All right. Up next, we'll take our first break. John Morant. A serious person, a very serious person, compared him to Michael Jordan. And I'm not sure that it's totally wrong.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with an I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words and the hammers. I'm
1: R.J. Bell. We are straight out of eight.
0: And I'm A.J. Hoffman. Dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution in America's number one battery destination. In just a minute, we are going to take a look at John ja Morant with another career night and see where he's working his way into as far as the MVP of the league goes.
1: Yeah, he's surging there. And I'm gonna to want to also look at the East, man. I mean, you think about the viable teams in the East. I don't think I've ever seen this many. We're gonna count down and say how many teams could really make the finals from the East. I mean, it might be like seven. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio, though. Audiences double than last year. Plus, that's cause of you. Thank you, and we'll keep reciprocating, trying to deliver winners and laughter and a little thought provoking. And A.J. with some jokes that aren't funny, and you'll feel good that you're funny because A.J. They're like, I'm funny if that guy thinks he's funny. <laughs> right, A.J.? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Mackenzie loved that one. He loved it. It's like he's making fun of A.J. Finally. It's not me anymore. <laughs> I, you got to turn people against each other. That, I mean, that's, that's where the real energy comes from. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas here in Vegas on the Strip. 78 degrees. The neon is fighting. Oh.
0: John Morant, after scoring 46 points on Saturday, took it to another level last night. 22 of 30 from the field, 52 points, a career and franchise high for John Morant against the Spurs in a 118 105 victory last night.
1: Okay, the number two pick, Zion's year now if we redrafted mckenzie morant or zion john morant now i wonder how many people would still go zion because here's the thing you got to realize last season not 2 seasons ago not 5 seasons ago last season is zion had the most points per 36 minutes in the history of the NBA, did you know that, McKenzie? I didn't know that. You might look I've... that up. I, I'm almost sure. No, I'm I'm sure, but let's look it up and show and get the list. Pro Football Reference should or Pro Basketball Reference should have that. And here's what's amazing. I mean, think about it. Is the idea. That this guy who seemingly, I don't know if it's all rumors or there's been some pictures, but you never know, it's put on massive weight, disgruntled, and we're talking now about Zion, disgruntled with the Pelicans. Family seems to be like overly involved or highly involved, we should say, um, with, with his career. And it's just not, and, and listen, the Pelicans obviously weren't able to. Uh, I mean, they've had superstars, Anthony Davis, front and center, that's come and went. And so to me, and obviously Chris Paul way back, is to me the Zion fall from grace without even playing a game in that time is stunning, and it's a huge story, but it's just bookend now with Morant because he is surging in a way that is, I don't think I've seen someone this good get this much better so quickly and we got some stats on most improved player did you were you able to confirm that uh mckenzie no i haven't gotten that yet okay so we'll just assume i'm exactly right and (laughs) and if if somehow i'm not you know it'll be like at the end we'll go uh real quick but no we'll, we'll confirm it but aj you're not an nba lover but you're a fan you watch from a distance I mean, how do you take Morant? I mean, like, how big and shocking, how unusual does this seem to you?
0: Well, I will say, I am, I am a fan of Ja Morant, and was a fan of his coming out of college. I, I watched him at Murray State pretty closely. I was, I was a, a, I thought that he would be a great NBA player, but even I didn't see this explosion coming. And it, he, I watched the game last night, uh, probably a good three quarters of that game. And it reminded me a lot of prime Allen Iverson. And it's Ooh. he's not only an excellent player, but he's very fun to watch. He's, a, he's very fun to cheer for. So for me, as a guy who, who is a, a very casual NBA fan, I want to watch the guys that are not, not just good at basketball, but are actually fun to watch. And John Moran is at the top of that list. And McKenzie found a number today that really kind of blew my mind and reminded me a little bit of Allen Iverson and and Mackenzie mentioned Derrick Rose in the way that, the way John Moran is scoring as a guard, he leads the league, leads the NBA in points in the paint, if you look at the top ten guys in points in the paint in the league this year, it's Ja Morant number one, and two through ten are all a bunch of guys between six nine and seven feet tall. But that's the kind of player that Ja Morant is. He's getting to the basket. Uh, he, he is just a he is a very very fun guy to watch.
1: So this segues to my tease, which was the Michael Jordan comparisons, and Bill Simmons, who is an NBA expert. And, you know, a lot of a lot of opinions on Bill Simmons, but his NBA takes are informed. And for him, just on uh, this weekend on a podcast, he mentioned, hey, the way Morant goes to the basket reminds me of late 80s MJ. And obviously MJ's game grew far from then. But this was a time, remember, his second year when MJ was – Hurt his foot, missed a lot of the season, came back, you know, against doctor's orders, so says the last dance. And that's the series or in those playoffs is when Larry Bird said, and this is a famous quote, was that Michael Jordan or Jesus out there on the court? And it's like he was in his second year, put up 63 against Boston. And though Boston won the Series 3-0, it was uh, (laughs) best of five back then, Jordan was a force of nature. And it wasn't a lot of outside shooting. It wasn't a lot of back to the basket. Like, follow away he got later. He was going to the rim. And, and, and like, that's a great stat is Morant is the only non-big man in the top ten of points at the hoop in the paint. And that speaks to like this is not he's the best outside guy driving. John Morant is in a class by himself as an outside guy, a non-inside guy driving to the basket.
0: And when when we look at him and his NBA or his uh, NBA MVP odds jumping from 16 to one to 12 to one overnight, has anyone exceeded? preseason expectations more than Job ja Morant, and has any team exceeded their expectations more than Memphis has, should we be taking him more seriously as an MVP candidate?
1: Well, that's fascinating, because we were asking the same question about DeMar DeRozan just last week. And, you know, we're going to put a capper on his amazing run, and then I'll answer your question about the MVP.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
1: I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas.
0: And I'm A.J. Hoffman. Deal with a dead battery. Head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. Before the break, R.J., I asked you, who's exceeded expectations more this year than John Morant and, as a team, the Memphis Grizzlies? And we tease the answer on the other side of that break.
1: Yeah, so I mean, to me, I I don't have the mathematical answer, but and, and they faded recently. But the Cavs obviously had lower expectations starting the year, and you know up until a five and five run or so in the last ten, you know this is a team that was at the top of the East. So I think the Cavs in the East, and the Grizzlies in the West, as I call them, the Vancouver Grizzlies, <laughs> um, yeah, no, in Memphis, but. Both, you know, exceeding expectations. Obviously, uh, Memphis is higher on that totem pole raw, but they started higher. So, you know, and it, it segues to the question of who can win it in the East, or at least who can make the finals. And obviously, the Miami Heat are favored to be the number one seed, and they're number one right now. So they obviously have a chance. The Bulls, they've been hurt. They're number two, so we could say three quarters of the season about done. They're number two. Can they win? Yeah, you would think they're not favored. And then Philadelphia, obviously, Milwaukee, obviously. Now Cleveland, can they? You know, a little more of an outside shot. But I, I, I got to tell you something. Up until a couple, you know, ten games ago, you had to say they were at the top of the league. And then Toronto, I don't think so. But but Boston. Right before that, for sure. I mean, if anything, if you look at the point differential, Boston since the New Year has been one of the best teams, if not the best team in the league. And then you've got now down at number eight right now, Brooklyn, who's the what the third favorite to win the title?
0: Yeah, the 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 best favorite to win the title in the East.
1: So so let's take away Chicago, and say that's a longer shot, and and Cleveland. The Bulls longer- are actually.
0: Of all the teams in the East, the Bulls have the sixth uh, longest odds to win the the NBA title. And the the, seventh
1: is going to be Cleveland?
0: The seventh is going to be Cleveland, yep.
1: So let's accept the fact that Chicago and Cleveland are long shots. There's still five. If Miami wins, there's no way anyone's shocked. If Philly wins, no way. Milwaukee wins, no way. Boston, uh, longest shot of this group, but still, come on. And obviously, Brooklyn. I mean, can you think of a time that we wouldn't be shocked? With six teams like this.
0: Well, I guess- not in the Eastern Conference. In the West, there's been a lot of years where there's been a really competitive Western Conference. Typically, the way the Eastern Conference has worked for the last even 20 years is there's one or two really good teams. And then a bunch of teams that you're like, why are we even playing these playoffs? Because it's a waste of time. We already know one of these two teams is going to the finals.
1: I would clarify. I don't think that in the I think the West was deeper and they had good teams in the second tier. But there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of four seeds or fifth seeds ever doing anything, really. They were just good teams, like a Utah, you know, and they'd have a good record and they'd get, they'd get dispatched by whoever the <laughs> t- dominant team was. So I, I agree. Look, you could make the case maybe they can do something, but after year after year of having good regular season records and not doing anything, the Denver's of the world, I don't know. Uh, Mackenzie, what do you think? Do you, do you really think – can you remember a time that a conference had this many viable winners? No, I remember the time where there was eight teams that had 50 wins in the West, but it was still the Lakers. It was still the
0: favorite getting there in the end. That was 2009.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I'm not saying there wasn't a year, AJ, but I think in general, the West, it's almost like the SEC football talk.
0: Okay. Okay. And I think it's fascinating that, like, we're talking about the Bulls, who are 30 to one with the second best record in that conference, and the only reason they're still such a long shot is because they started as such a
1: long shot. Well, it's- no, no. I think the reason that they're such a long shot is they've got a game and just uh, that, that doesn't lend itself to the playoffs. The playoffs is such a different animal, and 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 youth is one thing that doesn't really work in the playoffs typically. And and I think the intensity—Chicago's been playing hard, and those teams tend to do well in the regular season, but they don't have—Brooklyn uh, has more ceiling above them.
0: Sure, but if if DeMar DeRozan has indeed taken that step to superstar, elite superstar, then maybe the Bulls do have what it takes to, to be a
1: champion. Speaking of DeRozan, 10 straight games with over 30 points. He just got that broken. The middle eight of those games, 35-plus, with 50% shooting, only player in the history of the NBA to do it. Oh, by the way, Zion, my number was even not impressive enough. Career, right now, in the history of the NBA, who has the most points per 36 minutes ever? Wilt? No. MJ? No. Bill Russell? No, obviously. Yeah, Zion. (laughs) Zion has scored the most points of anyone in the history of the game and because he likes the buffet, apparently, we're saying no, no, he does not. He's not a number one pick anymore. I agree, but man, that's a different. I, 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 this is a potential legendary player that people are out on. It's going to be fascinating to watch. Well, AJ, we got it, it, about 40 seconds. Tell me about the one team playing tonight you think could do something in the tournament. And yeah. The,
0: the one tournament that starts up tonight, the Patriot League, uh, Colgate is a minus 210 favorite to win their conference tournament. They are a team that could indeed make some noise in the tournament because Matt Langle's squad is elite when it comes to shooting the ball. Fifth in the country in three-point percentage shooting at, a tw- at the 20th highest rate. So they are an elite shot-making team, which is something you need going into the tournament. They made it last year uh, when the tournament starts.
1: And who are we talking about? Colgate. Like the their toothpaste. toothpaste. Yes. Yeah. Real quick here, um, we're going to debate tomorrow. Harden, I mean, amazing. Sixers odds are surging, and AJ's a skeptic. We'll talk about it.
0: Long been a skeptic of James Harden. If you missed any of today's show, including the discussion of why baseball needs to be back, you can check it out on the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We're going to be back 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time. And indeed, we will discuss James Harden and what his ultimate ceiling is. He's R.J. Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. We are straight out of Vegas back tomorrow right here on Fox Sports Radio.